Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. Uh, how's it going in Georgia? What's it look like to you on the early get out the vote effort? You know, I'm, I'm here today. I'm going to be uh, knocking doors and with Herschel. It, it is all about get out the vote. You know, the Democrats went to court and they got early voting extended. And so Republicans have to get out and vote in the next six days so that we can win this seat. Now, we there, there's a pretty good organization in Georgia. I know the governor is working with you. How good do you feel about the actual go and get people and remind them that it's a week from today? That's the biggest challenge, especially in rural Georgia, where they don't have Wi-Fi, making sure they know that the date is December 6th. They can actually start early voting today, and that's why we're here. We The RNC put 400 staff on the ground, and I know Kemp is all in, and Herschel's been raising money, and the Senate committee, everybody's all in to make sure that people know to go vote, because it is an unusual day, and that's probably the biggest challenge. Yeah, and... and- you got Georgia in the hunt for the SEC. I mean, getting people's attention in December has got to be hard. But uh, I'm glad to hear you have 400 staff on the ground in Georgia. Are you going to try and play primarily in Atlanta, or do you go out to the rural area? We're on in Savannah and Athens and Macon. We're on all over Georgia, and I keep reminding people, go and vote early. There's nothing wrong with voting early. Bank it and then watch football this week. Yeah, bank it and watch football. That's exactly right. We need to know how many votes we need to go get, too. So it helps us know that vote count if people go vote early. You know, Northwest Georgia is going to be really critical as well. We need the whole state. You know, Warnock will depend more on Atlanta, and we need rural Georgia to turn out for for Herschel to win. All right, we will keep hammering that. Now I want to turn to the RNC. I've got a column coming out in the Washington Post in which I just flatly declare you've been a great chairwoman. You ought to stay. I think you're willing to stay. You have to persuade a majority of 168 people that you should be returned to chairwoman. I know a couple other people would like the job. What do you think about that, Ronnie McDaniel? You are running again. Do you think you have the votes? I do. Thank you, Hugh, and thanks for your support and understanding what the RNC does with voter registration and these community centers. There's really been changes in the past two years to the RNC and election integrity, and, and I want to keep that going, especially as we're heading into a critical presidential and, and Senate uh, election where we can take the Senate back and we have to keep the House. So. I said I would run if I had the majority of the support of the members. I already have 102 members that have signed a letter supporting me. I have more support than that. Uh, And I'm humbled by that, and I want to continue doing this job. Well, what I explained to people earlier, because I guess uh, Governor Noem said she would like to have a change, and I like Christy Noem, but I don't know that anyone really understands. This is a blocking and tackling operation. This is not glam. You are out there talking to volunteers every week, and running an RNC is not a glam job. Reince is a good friend of mine. It's not a glam job. It's a hardworking job, and you don't you don't rearrange deck chairs. You, you keep it moving forward. It, yeah, it's, it, there's a lot of flying. I, I'm a million-miler on Delta, that's for sure. Um, Reince obviously supported me, which I'm really humbled by as well, a former chair who did a great job. Uh, but it's also a lot of a foundation and infrastructure. And so voter registration starts now. I mean, part of the reason we did so well in North Carolina is because we registered 70,000 new voters. The reason we did so well in Florida is because we took the lead in voter registration for the first time ever with more Republicans registered. But that started the day after the 2020 election, and that's starting right now. And I just don't want to pull up stakes heading to a critical 
uh, presidential and Senate year and keeping back the House. And the RNC, I think, was a net positive in this election, especially where our community centers were, which is brand new for the RNC, in races like Monica de la Cruz or Juan Siscavani, where we had these community centers. We did exceptionally well, Michelle Steele in California, and we need to keep that going. Juan Siscamani will be a regular guest of mine as the representative of the freshman class. I always pick one. Last year it was Ashley Hinson. The last couple of years, this year it'll be Juan Siscamani for the next couple of years. Bring him on occasionally. And Tucson's a tough win. That was a necessary win. We're at 222. Yeah, I would have liked a little bit more, but a win is a win is a win. A majority is a majority is a majority. And you've won two elections in a row in the House. Now we have a new map. As you look at that new map, are you already lining up your targets for 2024? Yeah, I think there's some things that have to happen. I think we go back to the courts in North Carolina and Ohio. We flipped the Supreme Courts in both of those states, and their uh, redistricting maps were not settled yet. So I think we go back there and maybe actually try and pick up more seats. And then we start recruiting. Kevin McCarthy did a great job recruiting. We had a, we have a fantastic freshman class coming in. And then the Senate map looks much better for us. So Ohio, West Virginia, and Montana – are going to be three of the top ticket uh, targets to pick up the Senate in 2024. I agree. And, and, you know, Montana always mystifies me how John Tester wins. But Sherrod Brown will be vulnerable. When Sherrod won six years ago, it's sort of coincident with the big revolution in the country and the realignment. J.D. winning by eight points. I don't know if it's going to be Bernie Marino or Matt Dolan. There are going to be a lot of people running in Ohio. But it's important. You're right. The Ohio Supreme Court has flipped. Their map will be approved. The North Carolina Supreme Court has flipped. I think that should give you a couple of seat advantage heading into the cycle. I do, too. And, and they, they had their maps in flux. So flipping those two Supreme Courts was really, really critical. But Ohio has become redder. I mean, the one thing you were seeing is some states are becoming redder. Iowa, we flipped everything, right? We won the Zach Nunn seat and, and beat Sidney Acne. Ohio, Florida, North Carolina. Um, but we also need to remember, and this isn't part of the analysis after this election, how do we continue to bring independence our way in some of these states that didn't go right? Or Michigan, abortion was on the ballot. We know Democrats are going to put abortion on the ballot everywhere for 2024. So we've got to be prepared. And that starts today. Uh, it does. And the messaging has to be that uh, the, the RNC is there for every candidate across the spectrum. We've got moderate pro-life people and we've got hardcore pro-life people and everybody in between. It's pro-life party. But there are differences of opinion. I know you don't intend to arbitrate those differences, but to hear them all and to reflect the party. Am I right about that? You are. And in a post-Dobbs world and with Democrats putting millions and millions behind their messaging on abortion, we can't afford to pretend this isn't an issue that doesn't exist. We've been a pro-life party for a long time. We need to be able to talk about it and then push back on the Democrats and their extreme positions with, you know, gender selection or due date abortions, because most of the country is in the middle. And we need to find consensus, and Republicans need to get conversant on this. And some of the races, Dem- Democrats pummeled our candidates, and our candidates didn't push back. Of course, we support life-saving care for a woman getting a mis- who had a miscarriage or an ectopic pregnancy. But we can't just ignore this issue. The Democrats are going to continue to use this as a wedge issue, and we've got to push back. You know, Ron, I have not heard anyone use the term due date abortion before. I always like when, when something strikes my ear as, as appropriate. Due date abortion is one of those terms. I've never heard it before. Is that original to you, or did that come out of uh, the pro-life movement? Uh, the pro-life movement. I wish I could say it was original. I'd be a true politician if I said it was mine. But, no, I've heard it from Marjorie Genenfelter and others. And it's really something that the majority of the civilized world is very against, right? 
So we don't think that nine months is the right way, right way to go, and that's not where our country should be. And that's where California is and where Michigan is now and where I think a bunch of the radical Colorado, states are. Yep. Colorado, but we are not there. So, Ron McDaniel, going back to Georgia, in terms of, of the election, I assume every single ad is a Warnock ad or a Herschel ad. I assume people are saturated. Do you still need money down there? Is there going to be a good recount effort? Have you got the lawyers on site in the event that we have funny business in any of these counties? Yeah, absolutely. We can use money. Go to Herschel's, WinRed, go to GOP.com, wherever you feel comfortable giving money. Listen, Warnock has a significant money advantage. The Democrats can print money. And I will say Republicans, their interest in this race has been waning. And we absolutely need money just to do SMS texting to remind people about the election day. Uh, we, I know over Thanksgiving, uh, I spent the whole time on the phone to raise close to a million dollars for a mail program for Herschel because his, his money hasn't come in at the level that he needs to compete against Warnock. Schumer just put $8 million more in, uh, and the Democrats absolutely have a cash advantage in this race. Now, you know, it's interesting, though. There, it, there is a point of diminishing returns. It's only about yeah. reminding people that you've got to vote by Tuesday and that you can vote this week. Did they count the early vote early down there, Ronna McDaniel, so it will be released first thing as polls close on Tuesday? You know, they do, and, and we do know that about um, over 100,000 people have voted already. So we're 180,000 people have already voted. Um, so it's going to, but it's going to be a race to get all of our votes out. And Warnock has his vote concentrated at the Atlanta DMA, which means they have more awareness, and we need to get that rural Georgia aware of this election. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today.